Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the show. On this episode of the podcast, we will be discussing everything RD1. We'll go through the history of the distillery, current news, and our personal favorite aspect of the show, the tasting. With me, as always, is my intrepid and brilliant co-host, Andy Kleshik. Andy, how you doing today? You know, I'm doing pretty good. Uh, kind of getting some better weather here in Cincinnati after the snow we had, like, last week or so, but doing good. Looking up, looking up. Anything big coming up for you? Just kind of chilling. I mean, mostly chilling, other than a work trip up to New York City in the next couple of weeks. But other than that, I'm just sitting here chilling around the nasty daddy. Gotcha. I love it. All right. Well, let's jump into the show then. Uh, Go ahead, Andy. Tell the folks out there everything they need to know about RD1 Distillery. Of course. So this is one that, um, as a brand, RD1 was officially established uh, about four years ago in Lexington. Lexington, Kentucky, in 2020, but their distilling operations have actually been going on a lot longer on hmm. or near their current site in the city okay. there for them. Um, uh, originally, actually, before they were known as RD1 currently, in as of 2020, um, you know they they had distilling operations set up in uh, 1865. Uh, on their same current site that they have now in Ashland, or uh, named the Ashland uh, Distillery uh, back then in in Lexington. Gotcha. And that was actually um, where their name comes from. That was the first, uh, Ashland, that is, was the first uh, federally recognized label uh, to distill in, at least in Lexington, Um where they got all their registered distilling operations and everything set up, sure. at least federally. So that's where you get the name RD1. They were, Ashland was given the name, uh, or the distilling license, registered distillery number one in Lexington. Cool. I.e. RD1. <laughs> um, so that's where you get the initial name from for them. Uh, of course, eventually, I don't know when it transitioned over to this name, but they uh, would eventually be renamed the uh, William Tarr Distillery um, in like the late, later to early, later 1800s to early 1900s. Um, but unfortunately, of course, as many distilleries saw uh, during like the 1920s and uh, early 30s were shut down due to prohibition. Uh, they just, they were one of those brands that did not get you know, as we've discussed for so many different podcasts, uh, they did not get one of those sex licenses to distill medicinal uh, bourbon and whiskey in America here during that time period, sure. that 10, 15 years or so. Um, but they, of course, were, they, they went through a very long dormant period during that time uh, from like the 20s and 30s prohibition time up to 2020 when they were initially when they were reinstalled on the current grounds to become RD1 as we know it. Right. But prior to that, and this is when they, um, their, one of their initial brands was known as William Tarr when they reintroduced themselves um, back in 2020. They, uh, William Tarr had been a local uh, businessman at the time when they were still operating pre-prohibition um, who had taken over distilling operations on site in the late, 1860s um who had really gained 
prominence for them in the Lexington area pre-prohibition uh, to be known as a great distiller yeah. in that area of Kentucky. Um, but of course, like we said, or like I was saying, you know, he was the one that ended up, he just shut down or couldn't continue to operate during prohibition. Just figured, you know what? I think even pre-prohibition, it's like, you know what? It's not this temperance movement that, and everything was just not really making sense to do. So let's sit here and just shut down before this even really gains steam and forces yeah. us to have to shut down. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we don't face too much heat. Um, so he did that. And um, like I said, though, you know, post-Prohibition back in 2020, they ended up actually reviving the brand uh, initially under the old... WM Tar brand um, by their current ownership group and everything. Um, and they still actually make some of those bourbons under that, their bourbons under that name. I think still to this day, four years on, uh, as you know, as just kind of a remembrance and honor to that initial brand, the distilling history, everything else like that that they have gotcha. on their grounds. Um, even though they've uh, renamed the distillery to RD1 Distillery. To officially recognize, like, hey, you were the first registered distillery in Lexington. Right. Makes sense. Uh, you know, exactly. Like, it makes a ton of sense that they would do all that and try to honor that history. I, you know, I know there's a lot of brands that do that, but for them, it really means a lot considering where they're operating and everything. For sure. Uh, and, of course, because in another way, actually, if you will, that they've tried to honor their distilling heritage in Lexington and everything. Um, they, they're they trying to continue to focus uh, their pioneering efforts um, from the original distillery and everything into current day uh, as much as they can in the current bourbon market. And one of those ways that they've done is, you know, like doing different um, like aging techniques or different Bear, like different barrels, different uh, like other finishing methods that they use in the barrels, everything else like that that they do for their bourbons and trying to really make at least bourbon and American whiskey creative. Um, you know, and that was, like I said, that was initially because they were enamored with the gutsy history of William Tarr and the other early bourbon pioneers uh, that they owe their heritage to mm -hmm. in Lexington and as a distillery to. Uh, uh, but, like, that's also through ways that they've done, like, wave staving, inserting additional wood aging into the barrel, different things like that that other brands are kind of doing as well in current um, bourbon and American whiskey um, market, things like that. Sure. Um, and, and that's a lot of the stuff that they're doing. Um, but they've also really done like a lot of other different, um, using a lot of different woods that most other, at least most other distilleries that I know of in America aren't using. Mm. Like they've used some, um, in some of their finishing techniques and everything, like they've used yellow birch in some of their, I think, barrel picks, um, you know, and a few other different unique woods that, other distilleries I don't think have thought to use in their finishing or aging techniques uh, or aging that th those brands haven't thought to use. Gotcha. But of course they've also used one that uh, we might do an episode on this one later on 
Um, and I, because I know this is a big wood that a lot of other brands have thought to use, like Penelope, um, Ambarana, Brazilian Ambarana wood. Uh, they thought to use that, which uh, I know is a in in everything I've seen is can be a wild wood to use. At least for bourbons, can be really really funky to use. Yeah. Um, for their aging techniques and everything. So, uh, like I said, we might do an, another episode on RD one just for that one, just to taste it. But, um. You know, they've really tried to push the boundaries. And I think they might have been the first one to use Ambrana. I don't know that for a fact, but they might have been the first one to use it. But they've really sat there and tried to push the boundaries of what bourbon can be. Cool. And American whiskey can be. Yeah. Uh, now, while I don't know what their mash bill exactly is, I didn't see anything on their website or online what that is. Um, I know they do have a few different products, at least three or four different products that they have. Uh, that we can find at least in Cincinnati outside of like single barrel picks that you might be able to try right. to do. Um, so I know they have their uh, small batch bourbon. And that's the one we're trying today. And then they have their uh, small batch bourbon finished in French oak uh, or or with French oak staves or other finishing techniques with the French oak. Then they, like I said, with the Brazilian, Brazilian Amberana wood, they do the same... Uh, Finishing techniques roughly with their small batch bourbon. And then there are small batch bourbon double finished in oak and maple barrels. Those are the four at least that I know for a fact you probably should be able to find gotcha. on a shelf if you can find it in your local store. Sure. Uh, most of these are probably going to run you in the, like the 50 to 65 $70 range. Yeah. I mean, I know... Like so, I, yeah, I would say pull up this bottle because this is a really... I do like the... I really like the bottle of the... Of the brand. Describe this one a little bit for us. So, uh, like I said, we're doing the uh, RD1, their small batch uh, bourbon today. I figured that would be a good one to start the brand history and everything with. Yeah. Um, Just as a base. Uh, This is their... This is probably the one I would have to imagine you're going to be able to find easiest of all their products. Gotcha. Uh, This ran me about 52 bucks at Party Source here in the Cincinnati area. Yeah. So, not exactly the cheapest, but decent entry-level price for, for a sure. bottle what's the proofage on this one uh this one is so this one's a 98 proof so 49 ab um 49 abv yeah uh they at least say it's aged at least four plus years okay um i don't know they don't say on the website exactly like how old they age everything but it's at least on the uh their labels and everything they say it's at least four years old gotcha um, and this is like the blue label. Yeah, th- yeah, this is like their blue label uh, one that you would find. Uh, everything else they sit here and say, they don't say where it's um, distilled, but they do say it's at least bottled by RD1. Um, I could not find online, if it's not distilled by them, I could not find online exactly where it is distilled, but I would imagine it's probably distilled by them or a major label um label like non-distilling producer yeah or something like that like like mgp, MGP someone MGP, like that yeah. uh if it's not distilled by rd1 for sure that you'll be able to find but um that's everything about the brand that's everything about at least our specific bottle cool. the uh, uh, their small batch kentucky street bourbon whiskey Here. all right let's do the tasting as always we're gonna start with the nose Okay. I 
like it. Pretty good. Uh, Any specific notes that you're picking up? I would say it kind of gives like a peanutty note on it, or like a like a nutty note on it. A little bit of the wood on there. I'm um, getting the wood. I am getting a little bit of nuttiness. Um, maybe something like, floral or something. I don't. I don't know if I'm getting floral, but I am definitely getting like a sweetness on there. Like if you what, have, yeah, what is? Uh, there is a sweetness. I can't place it though. Like, like, I'm trying to... Exactly. You're exactly right. Like, I'm trying to place exactly what the sweetness is, but there is some level of sweetness on yeah. there, like a caramel or some other sweetness yeah, on it. something like that, yeah. Um, I like the... It's, it's lovely. It's a nice smell. Yeah, it's definitely a very good smell. All right, let's uh, go ahead and give it a taste. Cheers. Cheers. Pretty good. Um, yeah. I think it's yeah, definitely good. Yeah, I mean, you definitely get some of that proof kick on the front of your palate. And yeah, you can feel the heat a little bit. The, uh, you know, the notes on it last for a while. You definitely get some Kentucky hug. Agreed. <clears throat> what At are least, some of those notes that you're picking up, though? Um, I definitely still get some of that, like, nutty or peanutty note. Like, some sure. oily note on yeah, it. Yeah, the nuttiness, I get that. Um, it kind of reminds me almost... I mean, I know this is not, exa- I don't think this is exactly what the same proof is, like what a Booker's is, but it reminds me almost like a proofed down Booker's. I get that. And yeah. price wise, definitely a lot cheaper than a Booker's. Yeah. Um, so it, it reminds me, it reminds me a lot exactly like I just said. It reminds me like a proofed down Booker's when it comes to the nutty flavor on it. Um, I still get like on the later stages of the palate like some sweetness or something on it yeah uh so i sit there and say like kind of compared to maybe a slightly like i said proof down longer lingering booker or slightly longer lingering bookers like if you want to sit there and have that or like a knob creek um comparably to like a big brand if you want to do that um in comparison wise yeah for Uh, sure so i sit there and say you know if you're interested in a new brand and like that kind of nutty profile of like what a Jim Beam or Heaven Hill or yeah. Evan Williams would like. Uh, if, like if that's kind of the profile that you track and really like, but maybe want less proof, I would sit there and say for 50 bucks, this is a good start starter one to oh, sit there yeah. and have. I agree. To sit there and branch out and see a new brand. For sure. It's it, for I mean, a, a brand as new as what you talked about. I mean, I think it's pretty impressive, honestly. Oh yeah. Really impressive. And I like I I mean I I love that I picked up this bottle when I did because I've heard this is the first bottle that I picked up from them. Yeah. Um, I didn't and, even know who they were until you told me about them. Yeah. I mean I've only and I've only found out about them in like the last year year and a half because yeah. of like other uh, podcasts or you know YouTube channels online that I've seen reviews of from them sure. for other stuff. So I figured like let's not give them a shot or let's give them a shot and everything. For sure. So. You know, I would definitely say if you want to branch out, get a craft distillery, a young distillery in. And if you follow that, like Jim Beam or Heaven Hill profile where you like a lot of nutty, oaky flavors in it, you're going to definitely give them a start to sit here and see. Especially for 50 bucks. For sure. 
All right, folks, that's it from us this week. Make sure you go over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, listen, share on social media, You know, leave a review, follow us on Instagram. We really do appreciate your guys' support. Have a great week. Pour yourself another whiskey, and don't worry. We'll be here to drink with you next week.